Uh, well, good morning, everyone. It's a great joy to come and share God's Word with you this morning. Uh, let me lead us in prayer again as we come to God's Word. Uh, Father, again, we thank you for your Word to us. And Father, pray now as we come to look at it together that you would give us wisdom and insight, that you would shape us uh, by your Spirit uh, to be more like your Son. Uh, and we pray this for the glory and praise of your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, most of the time at church, uh, we preach through a book of the Bible. So recently, we've been looking at the book of Romans, and so we'll go chapter and chapter through a book. Uh, other times, we look uh, at a series. So recently, we've uh, been looking at signs in the Gospel of John. Uh, but today is a bit different, right? Today, we just have a one-off talk in the book of Philippians. Now, why are we looking at Philippians? Well, kind of uh, two reasons. Uh, the first reason is we've been reading Philippians as a family. I found it really encouraging. I thought, well, maybe I would share some of that encouragement with you. Uh, but secondly, and more importantly, I think in this chapter, we get an insight into what really matters to the Apostle Paul. Uh, what was of first importance for him? Uh, and given that this is God's word to us, it shows us, well, what is important to, to God? And for us as God's people, then the implication is, well, this is what should really matter for us. Uh, and this is important because, well, today, as you know, the last day of 2023, uh, it's an often a, a time that we reflect on the year that has been. Uh, and it's worth thinking as we do this reflection, uh, what is it that really matters? See, I wonder what you would say 2023 has been like for you. Perhaps as you come to church this morning, uh, the year has been a, a really wonderful year full of adventure and fun, achievement and travel and work and relationships. Uh, maybe it's been a really wonderful year, or, or perhaps for you it's something different. Uh, perhaps as you come to church this morning at the end of 2023, maybe it's been a really hard year for you, uh, a year of, of sickness or, or poor health, a year of disappointments and setbacks, uh, perhaps a year of loss. Maybe a loss of someone who was close to you, the loss of employment. Uh, perhaps in relationships, there's been conflict and pain. But that's just kind of looking at our own life as we look more broadly. It, it, it seems uh, that in our world, uh, a growing kind of conflict, uh, a growing kind of fear and anxiety over what the future will hold, uh, it seems a growing opposition to Christianity in many places of this world. And so as we kind of meet together here this morning, well, we recognize that we've kind of a mixed experience uh, as we reflect on the year that has been. But what difference would it make to our assessment if we really valued the things that God valued? If we didn't look from a kind of a human perspective... But what if we reflected on the year from God's perspective? What, what difference would that make? And so our plan for this morning is we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 1. Uh, we'll see, hopefully, uh, what was really important for the Apostle Paul and thus for us. Uh, and as we do, it will help us then reflect on the year that has been, uh, but also as we look forward to tomorrow, right, the beginning uh, of 2024. Uh, so let's get started then. So we look then at uh, verse 1 of the chapter. Uh, we start by seeing those who are writing. So Paul and Timothy, uh, they're the ones writing this letter. 
and they're writing to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi. Uh, Philippi, an ancient city in the sort of the, the region of Macedonia, uh, Paul and Timothy, uh, they're writing to the Christians there. Verse 2, they have a greeting, a grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. But then, as is common in Paul's letters, uh, we have a prayer of thanksgiving. Uh, but here in this letter, the thanksgiving is very, uh, very expressive, right? Uh, Paul is very thankful for these Philippians, right? So look there, verse 3, he writes this, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, right? That's, that's pretty strong, isn't it? <laughs> right? He's very thankful, right? Verse 4, always praying with joy for all of you, right? In my every prayer. Clearly, Paul is very thankful for these Christians. And why is that? Well, verse 5, it's because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. This idea of partnership is a a key theme in the book of Philippians. Uh, And we see that, well, for Paul and these Christians in Philippi, uh, they have had this uh, gospel partnership together. Now, what's it look like? Well, in the immediate context of this uh, letter being written, uh, we know that Paul is in prison. We'll see that in a moment in the letter, Uh, presumably in Rome, right? We're not 100% sure, but presumably in Rome. Uh, The Philippians have heard of what's happened to Paul, and so they've sent uh, someone from their uh, congregation there, a guy called Epaphroditus. Uh, They've sent him to Paul with a gift, right? Presumably some money to support Paul while he's in prison. Uh, In chapter 2, we see that Epaphroditus actually got really sick on the way, uh, so much that he nearly died, but he continued on with his mission. He got to where Paul was. He was able to support him, for which Paul was very thankful. And now Paul is sending Epaphroditus uh, back to the Philippians, presumably with this letter to encourage them. So this is one of the aspects of their partnership, right? The way that the Philippians uh, have supported Paul. And I think particularly we see the kind of the, the loyalty of the Philippians. You know, you can imagine them hearing that Paul's in prison and thinking a bit, oh, maybe we'll just, uh, <laughs> we'll just ignore him for a while. But, but no, right? Uh, the Philippians stand by Paul. You see that uh, in verse 7. He says, you are all partners uh, in my imprisonment. Right? And this is something that's been so encouraging to Paul to see the way the Philippians have stuck by him. But it's not just to the Apostle Paul particularly that the Philippians have been generous. Uh, they've supported the work of the gospel more broadly. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 8, uh, Paul describes the generosity of the Macedonian churches. Now, Philippi was a leading city of Macedonia, so we assume it is included in that. And he talks about that even though the Macedonians will had great poverty, uh, that they were able to be generous to this appeal that Paul was making uh, to care for the Jewish Christians. So we see the way that, well, the Philippians have partnered with Paul. But it's not just in their, their giving, uh, but also in their prayer. If you, if you scan your eyes down to verse 19 towards the end... Uh, Paul makes mention of the Philippians' prayers for him while he's in prison. But it's not just what the Philippians have done for Paul. It's also been the encouragement to see them stand firm. Uh, Later on in uh, chapter 1, we see that the Philippians uh, are facing uh, suffering because of their faith in Jesus, facing this persecution. 
Uh, And yet Paul has been so encouraged to hear of them uh, standing firm. Uh, In the beginning of chapter 4, he describes these Christians as my my joy and my crown. So see a bit of the the partnership then between the Apostle Paul uh, and these Christians. But it's a partnership with a a goal, right? Uh, The partnership has the goal of seeing the gospel proclaimed, right? The gospel message. So you see that in verse 5, it's because, Paul is thankful, because of your partnership uh, in the gospel, Right? In verse 7, you are partners with me in grace. Uh, and then a bit later in verse 7, you are partners uh, in the defense and the establishment of the gospel. Right? There's, a, there's a purpose or goal to this partnership. Now, what do we mean by, by the gospel? Uh, well, the gospel is, is the good news, right? the good news of Jesus. The good news that the eternal Son of God was born into our world, as we remember at Christmas, uh, that Jesus... Although he was perfect, gave his life on the cross in our place so that we could be forgiven. The gospel is the good news that Jesus did not stay dead but rose to life again to be the king. And the wonderful news that whoever turns to Jesus, they can be forgiven and look forward to eternal life with our God. And so for Paul, what is so important to him is to see this message, this gospel proclaimed, but not just proclaimed, but believed. To see people for the first time come to put their trust in Jesus uh, and to see people continue to trust in Jesus uh, until the day of Christ. I know you, you might know that I, I used to be an engineer uh, many years ago, right? Uh, and I still love, you know, flowcharts and diagrams, right? So I thought I'd I'd treat you today. (laughs) Maybe don't get your hopes up too much, right? Uh, But I've got a little little flow chart, right? Okay, of what really matters to the Apostle Paul. Okay, so first of all, the gospel message proclaimed and believed, right? That's of first importance for him. Uh, But secondly, as we've seen in our letter, this partnership of Christians, right? To see Christians working together. And there you go, a little arrow. Well, it's a bit funny, my arrow, but... uh, There you go, seeing that they're related, right? Paul is so thankful for this partnership because it has led to the gospel being proclaimed and believed. And in fact, the partnership is based on this common conviction about the gospel, right? So, so far, that's what we've got, right? This is what's important to Paul. But there's there's more to it in what we see because we also see that this partnership has leads to a, a genuine affection for one another. And it's one of the things that you see in that section that we've been looking at, this affection and care between the Apostle Paul and these Philippians, right? So look there at um, uh, verse 7 again. Uh, Paul says, it's right for me to think about this. He says, because I have you in my heart. Right? Such, a, such a touching phrase, isn't it? For the Apostle Paul to write about these Philippian Christians I have you uh, in my heart. And you, you kind of get that sense in, in, in his prayer, don't you? <laughs> the way that he gives thanks for them constantly. Uh, look then at, at verse 8. For God is my witness, uh, hey, how, how deeply I miss all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. See, in this particular case, and, and I think often in our experience as well, what we see is that as Christians partner together, 
particularly in the cause of seeing the gospel proclaimed and believed, so often it builds this kind of genuine community, this affection between brothers and sisters as they serve together. That's what we see in the Philippians, but I think also in our own experience today. So what we've seen then so far, well, these are the things that are important to the Apostle Paul. But I wonder, just if you consider for a moment, well, if we genuinely held to these things as well, if for us in our context, if these things were of first importance, how would that change our assessment of the year? If we shared the same mindset of the Apostle Paul, how would that change the way we reflect on the year that has been. See, if I think about 2023, uh, one of the great highlights from our church uh, has been seeing the life course continue on. Right? The life course is something that our church runs. We give people the opportunity to come and hear about Jesus. Uh, and we've heard the last couple of weeks that over this year, uh, 78 people right, were invited to come and came to the life course. And so can you see that if this is of first importance to us, then 2023 is is a wonderful year, right? Can you see we have so much to give thanks for here because we have seen the gospel proclaimed, but not just proclaimed, believed, to hear of people through the life course who have become followers of Jesus. But here's the thing, right? We give thanks to God for that. But we also can give thanks for our partnership in that work, right? To put the life course on, well, it takes many of us here working together. I know that many of you were there at one of our life courses, whether serving in the kitchen or being on tables. I know that many of you invited people to come to the life course, right? Not everyone came who was invited, but if we want people there, then we all need to be inviting Uh, As a church, we have been praying for that work, right? Such a key way for us to partner in this gospel ministry. If you give to the work of the church here, well, that enables things like the life course to happen. So as we reflect on this year and as we think of this priority that Paul lays out, well, you can see that 2023, there's much to be thankful for, much that we can rejoice and be glad but it's not just in the, in the life course that we've seen the gospel proclaimed, right? in many other areas of our church as well. Uh, you might know that one of my roles here at church is as the children's minister. Uh, and one of the wonderful highlights and joys this year has been seeing many kids hear about Jesus and for many of them wanting to follow Jesus as their king. Right? How, how encouraging is that? Right? Well, what a wonderful year! <laughs> to see the work of the gospel continue in the lives of young people. But see, if you're part of our church here, you are a partner in that work, right? I know some of you serve in kids' ministry. That's great, wonderful, right? But as a church, we pray for kids' ministry. If you give to the work of our church here, then you are supporting that ministry. And so as we reflect on this year, what a a joy, (laughs) That we can work together to see the gospel proclaimed and go out to young people. But one of the things that's really interesting, right, one of the things that I notice so often uh, in kids' ministry in particular, 
is we see the way that when people partner together, the way that it so often builds that sense of affection or community. So when I talk to people who serve in kids' ministry, I say, you know, what was your highlight? And so often they say, well, the highlight was serving alongside other volunteers. You know, it's interesting. People, people often come to me and they say, oh, Kev, you must be so thankful for all those volunteers, the way they give up all their time and come and serve in kids' ministry. And I, I am <laughs> very thankful. Uh, but sometimes I think, well, hang on. I, I'm doing them a service, right? Because they get the benefit of coming and being involved in gospel ministry. They have the blessing of partnering together with other Christians. And they have the great joy and highlight of of having this kind of sense of of community, uh, this genuine affection as they serve together. And so I am very thankful for the service of our volunteers, but sometimes I think they should be thanking me, right? (laughs) They should say, oh, thanks, Kev, for the privilege, right? I've been coming to serve in this way, to, to take part in that wonderful joy of being at work in this way. But of course, it's not just in kids' ministry, it's in so many other areas of our church, as we see the gospel proclaimed and believed, as we see Christians working together, right? Particularly, I think, in, in our gospel teams, uh, as people meet together to read the Bible, to pray for one another, encourage one another, or in our Sunday service as we meet together. See, when we share what, what matters to the Apostle Paul, what matters to our God, can you see how it, it shapes our assessment of our year? As we put our attention on these things, we can say, well, there's so much for us to be thankful for, right? For all the ups and downs of life, we can give thanks to God to see the gospel proclaimed, to see Christians working together, and to see that genuine affection grow amongst God's people. But see, if we want to grow in this kind of thinking, if we want God's word to shape us in this way, then of course, well, we need help, right? We need God's help. And, and we see, I think, a hint of that in verse, in verse 6. Uh, Paul writes that it was God who started a good work in the Philippians. He's confident that God will bring it to completion until the day of Christ. But it becomes clearer still in verses 9, 10, and 11 as Paul writes this prayer for the Philippians. I'll, I'll read out the prayer in a moment, but as I do, I, I want you to notice that Paul's particular focus here. Uh, is to see a a godly character, right? particularly love. Uh, I I mentioned before the Philippians, they were facing uh, persecution, right? suffering. But it's interesting, Paul doesn't particularly focus on that in his prayer. He he prays for their character. Have a listen, verse 9, I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge. This is what Paul wants to see for these Christians, that their love will grow in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that you can approve the things that are superior, right? You can know what really matters and can be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness, right? We know that we're made righteous through Jesus, through his death, but now Paul prays that these Philippian Christians would be filled with the fruit of righteousness, that they would live a godly life seeking to please God. And you can see the ultimate aim is to the glory and praise of God. If I can add to my little uh, flow chart, right? 
One of the things of, of first importance is to see Christians grow in their godly character. And in fact, it's a, a godly character. That's what leads to our partnership together. But we could add something on the top as well. The ultimate aim for all these things well, is to the glory and praise of God. And so for Paul, th this is what really matters, right? This is what is what of, uh, of first importance, to see our God glorified and praised through the gospel being proclaimed and believed, through the partnership of Christians working together uh, that comes through our, our godly character as we seek to love and to serve. Uh, and so important for us to put our attention on these things. And it's worth reflecting, isn't it, as you think back over this year, well, how has God grown you in your godly character? Right? Is that something you've considered as you look back over this year? How has God shaped you to be more like Jesus? In what ways have you seek to live for the glory and praise of God? Uh, but what's, I think, really interesting is to see the way that God often uses our circumstances to bring about these things. And certainly that's what we see in the case here in Philippians chapter 1. Right? See, don't forget, right, as Paul puts his focus on these gospel things, where is he? He's in prison, right? I think that's what you said. <laughs> in prison, right? Here we go. Oh, there we go, right? So he says these things during Paul's time in prison, right? You know, he says, okay, I'm in prison, he limited freedom, and yet this is his focus, right? The things of the gospel. But it's not only that. <laughs> it's not that Paul keeps his mind on gospel-shaped things despite his circumstances. He recognises that God uses his circumstances to bring about these things, right? So it's through Paul's time in prison that these things grow. So look there, particularly at verse 12. He says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, that is my imprisonment, has actually resulted in the advance of the gospel. Right? Such is Paul's focus on these things that he says, okay, I'm in prison, but what does that matter if I can see the gospel proclaimed and believed? Well, how has his imprisonment advanced the gospel well, we've seen already the way that it's encouraged this partnership between the Philippians and the Apostle Paul. In verse 13, we see that actually Paul's imprisonment has been made known amongst the whole imperial guard and many others as well, that he's in prison because of Christ. Right? shows Paul's great conviction on the truth of these things. And this has led, verse 14, to many other Christian brothers and sisters being more bold in proclaiming Jesus. Right? They've taken courage from Paul's example, and so the gospel has been proclaimed more widely uh, with greater boldness and without fear. Uh, and so such is Paul's desire to see these things that he can give thanks for his imprisonment. Uh, but there's one more verse I want to particularly focus on in verse 20. Right, The last verse of our passages, if you look there, let me read it to you. It says, verse 20, My eager expectation and hope is that I will not be ashamed about anything, but that now, as always, with all boldness, Christ will be highly honoured in my body, whether by life or by death. Can you see that for the Apostle Paul, what matters most of all to him 
is to see, well, the glory and praise, in this case, of, of Jesus, of Christ, to see him honoured. And he says that whether he lives or dies. Right? The next verse, verse 21, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. For Paul, it doesn't matter <laughs> whether he lives or dies. What is of first importance is that God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit are glorified and praised through the gospel being proclaimed and believed, through the partnership of Christians, through Christians who are growing in their character. It's so encouraging and challenging, isn't it, to see this mindset of the apostle. We're putting all this together then. Let's again reflect on the year that has been. As you come to church this morning, the end of 2023, it's it, right? The last day of the year. What kind of year have you had? You may be thinking of it as a a really positive year, full of joy. Or perhaps for you, it's a year to forget, a year of pain and hardship. But if you've been a a Christian for a while, I mean, it it shouldn't surprise you (laughs) that for us as as Christians, life brings challenges, right? I, I, I don't think that's a surprise. No, we know that life can be hard. But sometimes we forget that God often uses our circumstances to grow and shape our character. Sometimes God uses our circumstances, like he did for the Apostle Paul, to see the advance of the gospel. And so it's worth, I think, looking back over the year, looking back over your experience. And can you see the ways that God has been at work? You know, perhaps that really painful relationship. Has God used that to grow you in your patience, in your godly character? Perhaps those, you know, really frustrating circumstances, whatever it is. Perhaps God has used that time to to grow you in prayerfulness and reliance upon God. Perhaps that time of, of sickness Perhaps through that, God has brought different people into your life so that you have the opportunity to commend the gospel. Or perhaps in the the disappointments that you face, a reminder of the wonderful hope that we have as Christians, that this life is not it, but we look for the world to come. You know, these, these lessons don't always come easily. Uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes I think, wouldn't it be better if God just, you know, from heaven just kind of zapped us <laughs> and just, you know, made us more godly, right? Uh, but so often the way that he shapes us is, well, it's slow uh, and steady and often uh, involves pain. And yet how good that our God is at work to shape us to be more like Jesus. But of course, it's important to have this mindset as we think about the year to come. I mean, tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, the start of a new year. How exciting, right? I wonder what your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations are for the year that comes. Well, are they shaped by what really matters? As the year begins tomorrow, are you thinking, praying, well, how will God grow you in your character? How will God grow you to be more committed to a partnership with other Christians, to be more invested in serving with your brothers and sisters in Christ? How will God be at work to see the gospel proclaimed more widely, 
to see more and more people come to believe in Jesus. In the year ahead, how will you live for the glory and praise of our God? It's very easy for us to kind of have a a human perspective, isn't it, (laughs) on our life. But I hope that this morning as we've looked at this chapter, it's helped you to see things from from God's perspective, to see the things that that really matter and to be committed as the, the new year begins, to be living lives or to the praise and glory of our God. How about I'll lead us in prayer in that way. Our Father, we're so thankful that we can meet together as your people that we can sit under your word. And Father, we pray that you would help us to value the things that truly matter. Shape us to see things as you see the world. And Father, we pray that in the year ahead, pray that our love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that we can approve the things that are superior, so that we can be pure and blameless in the day of Christ. May you be at work in us to fill us with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. And in the year to come, may we live for the glory and praise of our God. In Jesus' name, amen.